It's Barely in Topic, a podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. Welcome to Barely in Topic. It's episode 607. I'm VA. I'm here with Jeff. Yo, yo, yo. And Tim. Hello. I am bringing the energy tonight. Oh, boy. Uh, It's Monday night, and it's not quite 8 o'clock, but I'm just, like, zonked. So, yeah, um, we could not talk about hockey this time last night because, well... The uh, game had not yet started. Uh, Yeah. yeah, That game that was supposed to um, uh, start originally was at a... Two o'clock or three o'clock Eastern start was the original schedule. It was going to be at three. Then they they pushed it ahead to two. Then, because of the, the Golden Knights' uh, abs problems of the day before, where they ended up having to play at 9 p.m. that night, and it was uh, 12 a.m. Eastern when they, they began their game. And they knew that they were going to have a similar situation with the lack of cloud color cover. Um so they needed to push that Bruins game back to, uh, well, they said 7.30 p.m. Eastern, but it really didn't start until after 8. Yeah, so that was complicated and fun trying to figure that out. It all worked out really well. It's fine. And it looked great. It was gorgeous. It was. Okay. The first period was very difficult to watch because of the long shadows. Right. Yes. Okay, first of all, I I just want to, before we even really get into it, I wanted to say this. I wasn't necessarily all gung-ho on this game. And not for the reasons that other people were, uh, like, not gung-ho on it. For me, it was more of a, the league has been complaining about hemorrhaging money. So why are they doing this thing where they have to spend money? Fair. I I know they're trying to uh, make it interesting for regular old fans um, who are already hooked. And then they're trying to hook more, even more of the people who have never really watched hockey before. I get that. That's what the stadium series things are about. What the winter classic is about. I I get it. But I I was just like, you guys keep like talking about how you're, you don't have money. And then this is something that you do. But I mean, it really was pretty cool looking. I mean, they, they needed to do something with some kind of splash this season, I think, right? So, and that was pretty dope. Like, like seriously, like I think there's better way, better ideas and ways to go about that same concept. Most of them involve lakes in BC, where they could probably actually play on the lake. Um, yeah, well, I mean, you can't really control the ice surface on lakes, so I, I understand. Well. I mean, it wouldn't be you wouldn't be playing a natural ice surface. Like the lakes there get thick enough, that you could build like a real a real rink and actually, you know, pour more, and, and and you still flood the ice and stuff like that, right? So you still end up with a smooth surface. Oh, okay, I, I in don't. their case, it probably wouldn't even be like directly over lake ice. It would probably still be like the floor and the white sheet underneath it too for all the for all the for all the uh, markings and whatnot. <laughs> because kind of a waste, except for the <laughs> what. Because- all we need to happen is in the middle of the game, somebody's trying to break through the neutral zone and then right into the lake. And then they freeze to death and die. It's a breakaway. And he's 
gone through the ice? (laughs) (laughs) Quick, you have about three minutes to save him before Frostbite sets in. (laughs) I'm sorry, that's incredibly grim. It's not funny, but but in the cartoon version that's playing in my head, it's very, hello, Tuka. (laughs) The cartoon version is very, very funny. It's playing in my head. Tuka was looking straight at me. (laughs) It's because... The printer's right behind you, and periodically my printer decides to remember that it's that it's here, and then remind everyone else that it's here too. It's mm. always done this since it was new. I don't understand why. Mine only does that like after it's done a print job, and like about ten or fifteen minutes later, it's like. Oh, this hasn't printed in like two or three weeks. Oh. <laughs> I'm still here. <laughs> Hello. Hello. <laughs> you know, it Help! might be more disturbing if it automatically played uh, Elton John's I'm Still Standing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still standing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be so funny. Okay, so <laughs> I don't know very much about ice and lakes and all of that stuff. Um, I know that uh, uh, I, I, I would not want to see anybody get hurt. Uh, Oh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, seeing Patrick Kane drop through the ice because you know that who drop the ice would be pretty freaking gratifying. The only thing is, like, the, 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 the man's kind of a Smurf, so like he's not really the most likely to drop through the ice. Oh, Dustin Bufflin would be screwed. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, not as screwed as Taylor Hall because Taylor Hall can't even get his boating license. <laughs> what? Oh, no, he, like, failed the online exam once. That's all. It became a joke. I think he admitted it on Twitter or something. I can't remember the circumstances. Okay. All right. Well, you know. Of course, Bufflin had his yanked for, you know, operating under the influence, but... (laughs) Wow. Jeff knows a lot about, like, the the boating licensing world of the NHL. (laughs) Wouldn't this be a fascinating new podcast where it was like, let's just talk about... (laughs) NHL boating licenses. <laughs> I'm, I, I, the problem is, I think I've exhausted the extent of my knowledge here. Oh, man. I'm sure we could make up some other things. Like, uh... I mean, I'm assuming Bufflin got his pulled because that's generally what happens when one gets convicted. of He gets busted for, for operating under the influence. But, like, you know, who knows? Maybe northern Minnesota operates under different rules because, you know, it's all lakes and presumably all drunk. <laughs> I mean, true. There's literally nothing else to do in Minnesota. Based on my experience in places that are similar to northern northern Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, I gotta tell you, if I were gonna have to live in northern Minnesota, I would be like basically IV hooked up to some kind of alcohol. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that is too much for me. I mean, you are. Like, if that is what you're used to, that is fantastic. Good for you. <laughs> I am too much of a uh, um, show cat for that. <laughs> I mean, like, if I had to live in northern Minnesota, I haven't done this to myself in a long time, but I'd just be black velvet all the time. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm pretty sure you have that things in your in, in, in your veins. Weren't, wasn't, weren't you born in the county? That's sort of like northern Minnesota. I mean, I was. I was. Born um, in Presque Isle. So, yeah, <laughs> it's very possible that I was born with 
not only black velvet, but Alan's coffee brandy in the veins. (laughs) (laughs) We're getting some really weird uh, things of your CBC. Like, your blood is not blood. It it is just pure um, Alan's coffee brandy. I mean... It wouldn't surprise me. For whatever, it's not called the Champagne of Maine for nothing. I mean, the, the alternative was Nate calling Moxie that. No one wanted that to happen. Oh, God. oh, no, no, no. No one wants that. Even though it's the official soft drink of Maine. Do even do, do even Mainers drink it or is it just a thing they pretend to fool the rest of us? My dad does, actually. And every so often... When I was a kid, I would give my my mom used to drink Diet Coke. She drinks ginger ale now, but she used to drink Diet Coke. If you put Moxie and Diet Coke next to each other, they kind of look the same. I would give her Moxie instead of Diet Coke. That's oh, so, so unfair. You don't you don't you can't slip someone motor oil and hate. <laughs> and she would sip it, and she would just be like, "No, what are you doing?" And I was just like, haha. Was, that was my like that was my go to April Fools. That is elder abuse. <laughs> when I worked at the at, at Boy Scout camps in New Hampshire and as a teenager at the at the um the trading post, they always had a lot of Moxie in stock and there was always like two Moxie buttons on the on the soda machine and no one could ever figure out fucking why. <laughs> because like the guy at the brand is like, Oh no, I've sold like maybe three bottles all summer. And it was that week that that troop from Maine was here, and I still only sold three. (laughs) (laughs) Ironically enough, which is, this is just wild. Moxie used to have an energy drink. I don't know if they still do. The energy drink. It's not not a big jump. They kind of taste the same sort of battery (laughs) acid-ish. Yeah, but like, like... Like for some reason, the energy drink was actually pretty good. It was citrus flavored, and like <laughs> it was actually pretty good. But for whatever reason, they can't make a good soda to save their life. I mean, like choice. And like at this point, they're like they're looking back down the hall. Oh no, we've come too far. Tally ho. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, I think we ventured a little bit off course here. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of moxie the flyers sweaters yesterday were approximately the cream colors the label on moxie <laughs> yes they were the same exact orange oh my gosh speaking of moxie <laughs> the bruins choice to wear 90s wear while walking into the um, stadium area. That was. That's not the bad drink, Moxie. That is like Moxie, like. Moxie is in chutzpah. Not yes. Moxie is in motor oil and hate. Right. Okay. Right. Well, I mean, <laughs> keep in mind that uh, the American version of chutzpah. Yes. Yes. Not the Israeli version of chutzpah. I mean, chutzpah. No, that's a very different different thing. I will get into that some other time. I learned about it a few months ago. I was like, oh, wow, okay. Uh, anyway, yes, the American version of Chutzpah. <laughs> yeah, no, that was when you have two players dressed as the Bash Brothers from the Mighty Ducks movies, and they aren't the story. Yeah, that's saying something. <laughs> I do feel like there were some communication issues, because a lot of those guys looked like they were like, well... I mean, they're going for a ski movie, but like all the ski movies that people dress like that are like made in 1986. 
which is why I saw it. And the first thing that popped into my head and was stuck there for the next several hours was, 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 was take on me. <laughs> but take on me he's wearing a mo- uh, like a, a motorcycle jacket i know but i don't i i whether or not it's real or not that might this might be a south park episode but that's you're very inseparably associated with with crappy 80s ski movies in my head now even though it's probably actually a south park episode not a real movie yeah <laughs> better off dead remember it had that component of the ski movie uh, with the the bad guys and the bad eighties, and also like I mean that's like the entire like you know setting they went with for Hot Tub Time Machine, which is like just such a better movie than it ever got credit for. <laughs> I would agree with that. Hot Tub Time Machine too, not good. Hot, top, Hot Tub Time Machine, fantastic. It needed the Q, it needed the Cusack. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 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 Um, uh, I love Better Off Dead. That was I, I love John Cusack growing up. Uh, I just, any movie that he was in, I wanted to see it because uh, he's John Cusack. He was so cool. Now he's a little bit of a, um, he's a little out there. Yeah. Uh, let's get back to that 80s where, uh, or 80s and 90s where, actually, there is kind of a blur between like, it because they were going for the 1990 look. Because supposedly, oh, okay. which makes sense in '86 to about '93 range is where is where, where fluorescence uh, came in. I feel like it, in popular memory, it gets more biased being in the '90s than the '80s than it should. But that's neither here nor there. And also, I was like a toddler, so what would I know? I'm gonna <laughs> tell you, um, in the late '80s, uh, I wore a lot of like teal, and uh, like the sharks before the sharks were a thing. It's fucking hipster. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I had a great pair of teal pants made by Esprit. And I wore those suckers for years because I loved them. They had like, they rose just the right length up my leg because you did not wear pants that met your ankles at your your shoe. That was not allowed. As a girl, you had to wear them like up your your calf. You know what I mean? It seems impractical to me. (laughs) I, um... Look, when you're 14, 15, 16, 17, who cares about practicality? <laughs> but anyway, uh, my, my point is, is like, uh, yeah, it was like there were, there were a lot of bright colors in the 80s, too. There were a lot of poofy jackets and poofy sleeves on, you know, like puffed up like shoulder stuff and, and whatnot. Looking at what they were wearing, oh my god, brought back so many memories. Tuca was wearing acid wash jeans, okay? I had one pair of acid wash jeans, and I never wore them, because I bought them because they were popular, and I looked at them when I got home and I went, "Mm -mm." (laughs) mm-mm. Like, I knowingly bought them, and I went, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not wearing these, they're ugly. Why, Why did I buy these? So, yeah, that was... The, the oh and Halak with the uh, the hair the mullet. <laughs> if it's one te- thing this team knows how to do, it's have fun at special events like this. I can only imagine that you know. So it's Patrice Bergeron who had the idea. Apparently, he was the one who was like, "Yeah." Which is which is it's such a it's such a curveball. It's just like wow. And if you ask me, he had the best outfit, like the best outfit representing like 1990. He did. Oh, yeah. He had the Walkman and everything. Yeah. The fanny oh, yeah. pack. Yeah. I, I only wish he had a hyper color shirt. 
hypercolor was the one thing I never had in the late eighties, early nineties. Where I had hyper, I had a hypercolor t-shirt or two. Ah, uh, I never, I never could find one. I just wasn't looking at the right places, I guess. So, anyway, um, so yeah. So I thought he had the perfect outfit because it was just like that, uh, that windbreaker thing. You know, the jeans that rose a little higher than than they normally wear them now. Um, and they're like bootlegged and, uh, you know, bootleg cut. And then he wore a Cam Neely shirt, you know, for the 1990 playoffs. Like he had like the best look. I can only imagine that these guys did not search for this stuff on eBay and whatever and wherever in thrift stores. They had to have their their partners help them out with this. Right. There's probably websites oh, yeah. that have, it's all sorts of just like replica of this stuff. Most of it was probably replicas. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um. 40 i think it's 47 brand they make hats and stuff they sell a lot of old school looking shirts and stuff too so i wonder if any they've done the bruins have done like special deals with them where the they have players design hats and things like that so i wonder if maybe they got some of it yeah maybe but i, I gotta tell you that was that was a lot of moxie coming up with that that scheme and wearing it and then taking lots and lots of pictures of it <laughs> oh, they rocked the hell out of it. They loved like it. Says, the the, the at Rad Marshawn um uh, um uh, Twitter account that's been around for a decade. It, it's time had finally come. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. So, and Pasta's sunglasses were perfect. Loved those. He, well, he was the macho Randy man, Macho Man. <laughs> like holy cow! And he even has like. His hair's kind of long right now. So, like, it was just, yeah. Oh, okay. You saw the, the clip after, like, the interview he did after the game where he was like, Oh, Barbie oh girl, you, yeah. they, you asked me to come out and do the medias, and I, and I, they're playing Barbie Girl right now, and I, who knows what song's going to be on when I get back. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a little kid. Like, you made me miss this song. Yeah. Like, it, it's called doing? You Can Go Back and Hit on Repeat. But now, now we got to hear Barbie Girl like every game. Yeah, I thought interesting. But yesterday is apparently, you know, so normally, you know, um, a big part of what Pasta does each year is just, you know, humiliate. Frederick Anderson at every possible chance, right? Well, there's none of those oh this year. Oh my god, poor Carter. Poor Carter Hart. Hart. <laughs> oh, Carter Hart sees pasta in his nightmares every night. Oh my gosh. Oh, it's almost cruel. You shouldn't be doing that to somebody who's younger than you, pasta. It's one thing to do it to Frederick Anderson. He's a Dane, he can take it. They're weird. <laughs> but like Carter Hart, he's just a kid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like he's like Pennywise. like it was funny too on the first goal martian was like yeah i couldn't see the net i just threw it towards wherever and then pasta scores like that's even worse like the bruins like yeah we we couldn't even see it but it went in so (laughs) none of us could see it nobody at home could see it Nobody in the ice can see it. I mean, like, pasta is like, I think that it's, it's like, that's where usually there's a hole. So I threw it in that direction, hoping the net was there. <laughs> yeah, like, Carter Hart, what was your excuse? You weren't facing the sun. <laughs> I was going to say, oh. he had, like, optimal view angle. Like, he has no complaints to have it to yeah, make here. Tuca had the shitty, like, sun in his eyes thing. It kind, it kind of reminded me 
of like a late afternoon baseball game where you have the shadows creeping over home plate. So it's like impossible for the batters to see any pitch coming. And the first couple innings, good luck hitting anything. That's what it reminded me of, which was really weird because you don't expect to see that in a hockey game. No. No. Yeah, I don't. There's that, and that's where they kind of failed. It's like, what were they thinking? Like, it's a place that needed the sun, needed to be a sunny day to hit maximum spectacularness, but they needed a cloudy day for it to work. Well, they they almost always want a cloudy day on these things anyway, because too much sun will melt the ice. Well, know? there's also the fact that they're just always hoping to get that for, to get what they got in the first ever Winter Classic, the one in uh, in Buffalo where it started snowing. Mm. Not quite like that outdoor game at the World at the Juniors a few years ago, because it snowed too much. So, like I remember that U.S. team was like one game was skating in like this much snow. Oh God! <laughs> I will tell you one thing: having gotten married on a day that turned out to be overcast at some point, because April, right? The wedding photographer told us, quite frankly, she was happy about that because uh, overcast is ideal fo- photography. Uh, weather okay because it's like the lighting is best at that that point so i'm like so i it wouldn't strike me as too odd for that to also be like a a camera concern for the broadcast people um that they'd want it to be cloudy but obviously the the main reason is you don't want the ice to do what it did on saturday where it was like literally breaking up so anyway yeah pasta very quickly in the game here's what's really funny Glenn was downstairs. He he was like, Ugh, I, I can't wait for the, all this. I, I have to go downstairs and clean the stove or whatever it is, because that's his new obsession. Anyway, um, you know, winter, whatever. I don't care. Anyway, he waited for me to shout that something had happened before coming back upstairs. And he's like, oh, OK, I thought that's what happened. Right. So then the Bruins didn't score again until he went downstairs. And then basically every time, like it, like every, every period would start up and he wouldn't come upstairs right away because he'd go downstairs and do something. And, uh, and then I'd shout and then he'd come back upstairs because <laughs> we scored again. <laughs> come on, guys. This is funny. <laughs> I can't be the one bringing the energy tonight. We all have to bring it. <laughs> remember before the season began i said i was excited about the bruins playing the flyers so many times this season i thought it was gonna be fun i did not define how fun it was gonna be i just said i think fun actually was gonna mean but uh yep and by golly it's been fun it really it has. has been very fun. It's been very um, fun. The Bruins have scored 20 goals um, <laughs> against the Flyers. For Con- Again, actually just against Carter Hart. Carter Hart has only allowed 18 goals from other teams. <laughs> oh, poor Carter Hart. And two hat-tricks. Two hat-tricks against him. Yeah. yeah. By, by the Bruins. So... Or by pasta, let's be honest. Um, well, wasn't the third goal? I think the third goal was Brian Elliott, right? So yeah, didn't get all give up all three. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised they let um Hart finish the um uh, the period. Honestly, after the third goal in the second, I figured he was going to get the hook right away. Well, you know, I mean, Elliott went on. Uh, 
before I mean after after the second ended, he went over and did his like usual warm up stuff. Yeah. So maybe they wanted to give him a little more time to get his head I mean, in the there game. Were, yeah, there was some comments comment comment that it's colder than normal because he doesn't get heated because he has to stand and unlike this is so as all his muscles are cold, whereas ever whereas all the players have regular players have a heated bench. Right. What the fuck is that bullshit? You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's sort of like the backup goalie wearing the mask on the bench, whereas all the players don't. I'm just like, I mean, like, the backup goalie's already kind of a man apart, so this is just unfortunate. Like, I understand, but, oh, <laughs> Well, go get him a lawn chair and put, like, a heating pad on it or something. Come on, let's go. Like, right. Yeah, like, literally, that's all you needed. The whole thing, get this man a hot water bottle. Fuck. <laughs> I just, I always feel so bad, especially like uh, at NASA, and maybe it's uh, um, uh, uh, MSG. Oh, where they have to sit down the hall? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's so stupid. I hate that. <laughs> All they're missing is a dunce cap. And like... <laughs> no, no, they keep that one for after the starter that day gets pulled and ends up in that spot instead. <laughs> No, 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 no team ball cap for you. You get the team dunce cap. <laughs> and they only do that for the away team. <laughs> it's such bullshit. <laughs> that is psychological damage that you're doing. Stop it. Yeah, so I, I did hear about that. It was just like, um, that's not right. <laughs> you can solve this problem easily. Come on. I wonder why Halak decided to wear the mullet wig onto the bench. <laughs> or not lack of bench, I should say. He wanted the warmth. <laughs> Stan, oh yes, right here, the wind's from behind. Perfect, okay. No, it's not, because the bench was in the opposite. So the bench, I think, had the head that was facing the lake, wasn't it? Uh, I don't remember. I don't either. Well, I, the viewpoint that we had, looking at it per- perpendicular, the there were the trees right behind. Yeah. Yeah. So mm. I guess, um, and were we looking? Yeah, we're looking at the whatever. I don't know. I don't know the geography there. So he was cold. He needed to wear it. He did. Okay. So one of the things that I think is disturbing about our matchups against the uh, Flyers is uh, this Joel Therabee problem. He's turning into I a Bruins killer. Joel Farabee, I think, is just in general a problem for everybody. He's having a really good start to this season. Yeah, what's he? He's like nine goals to start the year, or something like that. Eight or nine. So, yeah, it's a problem. Uh, we've been having some fits with J with, with JVR and stuff too, who's also off to a ridiculous good start to the season. So, yeah, but not that it matters because you know. Although, and we have to cave the caveat, like the Flyers, um, their entire fourth line were not any chellers, and two of them were, in fact, defensemen. <laughs> There's that. <laughs> On the flip side, the Bruins dressed all three of Clifton Moore. No, Clifton wasn't in this game, was he? No, he wasn't. Clifton, was. yes. Clifton Moore and Vakaninen. Mm-hmm. And then Lausanne went out. Lausanne <laughs> went out. Well, I mean, first of all, Johnny Moore assisted on two goals so that well, credit, was great and Vakanayan and actually had a great game except for that like having the misfortune of having been the having having been a deflection other than that Vak played well well yeah and he also got his first NHL point in this game um Trent Frederick oh, yes. <laughs> Trent Frederick got his first NHL goal and I was 
pumped. I was so pumped. I've been beating Trent Frederick's drum for a while, and to see him start the year playing well and getting that goal, I was so happy. So happy for Trent Frederick. <laughs> okay, so Glenn said to me last night, he goes, Trent Frederick is living his best life. I'm like, yeah, I mean, he got to uh, get into a fight with Tom Wilson earlier in the year, despite being told not to. You know, the next game, he got to do it. Uh, he got to tell... P.K. Subban, that he's a fucking loser. And he got his first NHL goal <laughs> during the and outdoor game. In general, he plays uh, like a man who who doesn't really isn't concerned about the possibility that he might severely hurt himself. No, he, he's, 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 he's it's he's well, he plays like Clif- that Connor Clifton, except he's larger. Which so he's going to take someone with him when it goes. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, T. Freddy is like adorable. He really is. He's just he's a cute kid. <laughs> but he's also got the crazy eyes. The man's nuts. Oh yeah, he he nuts doesn't like care. <laughs> like he doesn't give a flying fuck who you are. He will run at you. He will skate at you. He will fight you. I mean. And he, then he will, after he fights you, he'll talk trash and try to get you to fight again because he just doesn't care. Well, I, I just thought it was funny, like that first game against the Capitals where he was like, uh, he had just had some words with Tom Wilson. He goes back towards the bench and the official was like saying something to him and his face just dropped like, oh, like, don't tell me I can't fight Tom Wilson if I don't want to. Um, but anyway, yeah, so. Good for him. I'll let my face decide if I can fight Tom Wilson or not. <laughs> he, he got out pretty much unscathed, so it was fine. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, bringing back that point of the Flyers, the Flyers were without Giroux, Voracek, Konechny, which sounds like a very strange name. Is I always <laughs> I always want to call him Konechny Four. You know, Connect Four, the game. I don't know why, because his name is so weird to me. I'm like, Connecty Four. So it's too bad he doesn't wear four. Then that would be really good. So, yeah, they were out. They were uh, without some of their heavy hitters there. Uh, so they did get Couturier back at long last, and he bit us in the ass, of course. <sighs> you know, for two points. But, uh, you know... Aside from the pasta hat trick, which I got to tell you, the last goal was my favorite goal, just because it bounced right off of Elliot's hip into the net. I just, I'm like, that is resourceful. Use the player, uh, the opposing player, to get the the puck in the net. That's good. And he went down on I his mean, knee too. It was like a real. I mean, like, like, like banking it off of the goaltender is a very like Bugs Buddy ain't I a, ain't I a stinker move? But uh... <laughs> oh my god, it was great. I loved it. You know, I was sad. There's nothing to throw onto the ice. No hats. But uh, yeah. So I mean, and the card that that it was the John Moore shot that went off off from uh, Nick Ritchie was a great what was it was it was great like that looked like it was Moore's goal for a while it did but, it did but i mean when they showed the replay it was obvious with you know you could see Ritchie's stick move i mean Ritchie has six goals six goals on the season seriously right like um and our five and of like, them, you know, like, I, 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 I was and remain a, a Danton Heinen fan, of course, but Danton Heinen's only got three. Mm. 
and none of those are with the Bruins. <laughs> no, no, those three goals aren't really accomplishing much because he plays for the Ducks now. <laughs> so many people who needed goals, needed to score goals, scored in this one, obviously. McAvoy for a second for his year, uh, on the year. Um, and Cliffy was... Uh, had the assist on that and his secondary assist and he had uh, the assist on uh, Frederick's goal so Cliffy exists in this game just to let you know uh, yeah so Coil oh my god Coil dude I want you to score so much more and of course Coil was up on the second line uh, because David Krejci was injured in the last Devils game so what it meant is that he got what were his intended wingers for the season yesterday. Because he was he was playing with Smith and uh, uh, and, and, and Richie, right? Yep, 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 <laughs> yep. And that meant that uh, Stutnika got to be in on the third uh, line center, and he got a he got an assist on Pasta's uh, third goal. So. Nice pass on that, and a nice little fake and pass on that uh, that Pasta goal too. Hmm. So it was amazing to see the Bruins go down two to one in the first period and actually bring it up to be tied by the end of the second, I mean, by the end of the first period, and then just take over in the second period, you know? More goals than the Flyers had shots that period. Oh my God. Just unbelievable. Yeah. They only had three shots that period, I think. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Four goals, three shots, four is more than three. Wow. Look at me. I know the math. I know the math. I can math. <laughs> I can math. Um, which is different than I can meth. That's a very different thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Damn it. I'm not funny tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lausanne going out hurt, though. Like, um, We better start getting guys back. Otherwise, they're rolling Steve Kampfer on Thursday. Mm. It's uh, eleven. That's the eleventh defenseman on the depth chart. There ain't no deeper than them. Than Steve Kempfer, unless you're like, well, I guess we're rolling the dice on Nick Wolf. And Kempfer hasn't played since the first COVID stoppage a year ago, right? So, yeah. Well, Kempfer's been around for a while, so having Kempfer in is not. The worst thing it's just about who are you going to put up on that first line you're not putting camphor in there no um probably vok i would put vok and nine in there yeah and fourth line would be clifton camphor and just you know close your eyes when that happens <laughs> it is important to note that kevin miller was not in yesterday's game because they decided they didn't want to you know hurt his knee just in case the but, ice conditions. you know, at the same time, given recent history, I'm not going to, you know, count my Kevin Millers until they're, you know, on the ice and clearly standing up on their own power and not a scarecrow. But that's been most of the season. <laughs> He's been there. Yes, I, I acknowledge that. But, like, I'll believe that it was maintenance day when I see him skating and playing again. <laughs> okay. All right. I get what you're saying. I'm honestly... I'm not as worried about that as as uh, I am having Krejci out. And like Kasha's only barely skating alone now, right? Like apparently they're light skates under super under supervision with Kim Branvold, which is not really a terribly good sign, the top to bottom. Yeah, he's light not... solo skate. 
he's not doing any stick work. Yeah. Yeah. So he, hey, look, at least there's been a Kaja sighting. I mean, like we had plenty of Miller sightings last year, too, though. This is true. Until he is actually in a red no-contact jersey on the ice with other people, uh, we don't know what's going on. It's true. Um, he's alive. We know that. So that's good. It's good. Uh, and so, you know what? I say take all the time that you need because don't come back before you're ready. Uh, and I, I think they're being careful with him and that's good. So, you know, uh, honestly, you know, we've had like DeBrusque and we've had Smith and we've had all sorts of people filling in there. So, uh, it's not ideal, but it's, it's working out pretty well. I mean, the, the worst thing that's happened to the Bruins in the last, uh, what, wow, we're in like the fifth week of play or something, right? The worst thing that's happened to them so far is that they've had two losses in a row. That was the Islanders game back in the before, not in the before times, but a couple weeks ago now, it seems. And uh, and that game against the uh, the Devils, you know. And the other thing that, that was terrible is that they've just been missing games because of COVID things, so... Well, but this is not like this is a team that has had not had a single player miss a game for COVID reasons, and like the amount of extra games that are stuffed into the back into the ass end of this team series season now is like like this is shitty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it feels unfair almost. It really does. Yeah, it feels like they're going to play every day of March. Um, you know, at this point, and then they'll do whatever they can to put games into April. Uh, oh dear Lord, March is ter- March is not a not a. It's not a good look. No, no, because they've played so few games this month. <laughs> yeah, they haven't played a ton this month. They had but, one home game. One home game. Didn't they go like a two-week period without a game? Ten-day period without a game? Well, it's, it felt like that. It was more like five days and a game. And then a few days off after that. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, like they never actually had more than four days off at a time. It's just they had two four-day stretches off in short in short succession, followed by a three, and then are now in a three-day. And that's not great because the Bruins aren't really good in situations where they have four days off. You know, holy fuck, that game against the Devils. Oh God, it was awful. Like, like briefly during the first, they put on a bit of a clinic there, and then they just completely came apart for everything except the last, like, two minutes of the game. And also, they... Bruce pulled the goalie really late. Yeah, yeah really late. Like, I don't know why he waited that long, because they... they if he pulled earlier, they maybe could have tied it. <sighs> yeah, I can't account for what was going on in his head. You know? I... Was that the game that he said that their defense looked young? It basically, they, they oh, looked their no. age? No, no, that was like a while ago. That might have been the, the OT game against the Rags. And then there was a string of games where like other writers were like, yeah, Bruce has got a point. They're still doing this again, too. <laughs> well, we know that there's a learning curve. Come on, guys. Let's talk about the top six, the regular six. Aside from Miller, Carlo's like the next oldest. So, yeah. Grizz. Oh, Grizz. Oh, my God. I forgot about Grizz. He's been gone (laughs) for so long. 
he's is... also been so in like it's been injury after be injury with Grizz this year. This it's is been... the third. Oh, that's just it. This, the, the season was, was 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 primed to be like the Charleston Renaissance here, and then it just has not gone that way for him at all. Oh God, I'm sorry, I forgot about Grizz. It's been so like, long. Like, like it's it's a rough to think. Like I was really like, pumped. Like Grizz looks going to be is going to be absolutely on fire this year. Contract contract's going to be a steal. He's going to get first all this some uh, this uh, first unit power play, which means there's basically points to be had unless you're Jake DeBrus because Jake DeBrus somehow played tons on that on that power play and didn't get points. That's a different story. Um, <laughs> right. But no, no, it just has not gone right. Right. So. I guess my greater point is this. You, you're going to have some nights where your defense is going to look really bad because there's not a huge amount of NHL experience among half the players. So it's okay. But, you you know, your your forwards have to make up for that because your forwards have to really just score. That That's, that's their job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's okay i'm not i'm not worried about the defense uh, i i'm worried more about like crazy being out longer i'm worried about uh the great thing is that we worried about what we were going to do with studnika well now studnika is just slotting in because injuries happen <laughs> the bodies pile up it, it's fine it's all good everything's fine guys it's not awesome. It's fine. That doesn't make a an interesting song for a Lego movie, though. So, no. I uh, I do wonder how long it'll be before they decide to give um to 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 to, to uh, give uh, Sinitian a rep or two because uh, by all accounts he's been really good for 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 the Marlboro Bruins. <laughs> he's been yeah, he's been excellent. He's been really good to start the year down there. Um, it's only a 45 minute ride. <laughs> <laughs> They've been practicing in, in Providence though. I thought right? in Pawtucket, in Pawtucket. Yeah. Um, it's obnoxious for, for, for them. Well, if everybody's, pl- if they're living down in Providence, which you assume is what's happening. Right. So yeah. it's like a 15 minute ride up the, you know, up one of the roads, you know, 95 or one or whatever. You know what I mean? Really? Okay. Huh? I had in my head it was further than that. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, Pawtucket is like the last, uh, um, it's like the first city you, you get into when you come over the border um, from from Massachusetts, but it's not that far up from Providence at all. Oh, okay. No, no, I misunderstood you then. I was like, what? 15 minutes Providence to Marlboro? That doesn't sound right. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, it's, um, it's still, it's actually about an hour. An hour from Providence to Marlboro. From Marlboro to Boston, it's about 45 minutes. So, like, I am constantly confused when I have to drive around anywhere. It's just too long. I'm a Rhode Islander. 45-minute stops. Come on, guys. I'm out of the state. Well, I, I, guess... say, I lived in the part of the state where, like, unless you were taking, paying bridge tolls, you, you did not go to the part that you're from because it was a long journey unless you were paying bridge tolls. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Um, yeah, yeah, it's from, from, uh, the, uh, southwestern part of Rhode Island. Yeah, you, um, you're not going to drive all the way up to Providence and then take something down 
to get down uh, get down I, I mean, that's just too long that's like a three-hour trip <laughs> yeah uh, well i will say one thing now that it's no longer a token bridge which makes me sad because i loved the newport bridge tokens they were they were a lot of fun they felt it's all easy pass now like everything it's like <laughs> it's easy pass now and another thing is they put a barrier in between uh the lanes in the uh in the middle of the bridge now and it scares the crap out of me I don't know why, but driving on the Newport Bridge where there was like no barrier in the middle and it was just like two lanes one way, two lanes the other. I'm like, yes, I can do this. Um, and they put the, the concrete barrier in the middle and I'm like, the lanes are too small now. I can't do this. I'm going to get too scared. I, I, I just... mean, I, I hear you when you, when you I get you get, ton, you get tunnely and it gets bad. There's a. One of the, the highways in, in Montreal, the Quebec 15, and it go, runs perpendicular through the city in this, like, canyon. And I, every time I drive through there, it's just like, oh, I don't like this. It's cost claustrophobic. <laughs> I have driven in far worse situations, like in Chicago <laughs> at night in really shortened, like, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, lanes that are, are not nearly as wide as they need to be with tractor trailers all around me, you know, and we're going like, we're going 45 minute, uh, miles per hour because we can't go faster and we can't go slower. And I've been like, I want to quit. I do not want this. I am so claustrophobic. Right. Yeah. I couldn't do this because I'm country folk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have it, but it's like, I'm driving on the Newport bridge on a sunny day. Okay. And I'm just, I'm not even in the other lane, but I'm freaking out about it I, because it's not right. It's, it, 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 I used to drive over that bridge in thunderstorms, in snow, and I'd have no problem. Like I, you could veer out into oncoming traffic, like in the, the blink of an eye. And I had no problem with that, you know, but uh, whatever. Okay. Yeah, I'm just a big old scaredy cat uh, when it comes to certain things. I do not like feeling claustrophobic, and this winter is making me feel that way, too. So, anyway. You know what? I want to bring bring up a point about today. Mm-hmm. Today, Monday, uh, February 22nd. 22nd. Yes. Monday, February 22nd, is the one-year anniversary of the Toronto Maple Leafs being beaten by their own Zamboni driver, David Ayers. <laughs> uh, Jesus Christ. Year? It's been a year. I both year. want to say already and dear Lord. And already and only a year? <laughs> uh, it has been a year of marches. Um, you know, it, which is like 10 years. It feels like 10 years. Uh, but it's only been a year. Uh, it's yeah. the fastest decade or long. It, it was the fastest decade of all time. That's <laughs> mm. what this year was. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I just wanted to bring up that point because uh, anytime we can relive something, su- such a proud day in Maple Leafs history, we should. <laughs> Apparently, um, uh, in, in commemoration of this, both the Leafs and um, uh, the Flames had goaltending emergencies and had their, well, in one case, backup, in the other case, third string starting, and uh, and as backups players that haven't played zero NHL games. 
Oh, that's The lady fun. said Michael Hutchinson starting tonight being backed up by something called a with the last name Wall. Or Wool. One of those. I don't know. Wool. I don't know. Um, and yeah. And the Flames have the fantastically fan, fantastically named Artyom Zagadulin playing there. Um, uh, playing as their backup. Oh, that's a great name. Artyom Zagadulin. Oh yeah, that's a fantastic name. Uh, that's a great name. <laughs> okay, so I don't really want to get into the games that we missed. We took last week off because I needed it. So we we can just say, yay, they won games against the Rangers, uh, which they should do. And boo. Except one of them was an overtime and the other one was only a 1-0 shutout. So yes, like, we're not talking they, about They won, but like, they could have been prettier. And like, that second game was just like, ugly. It's just, <sighs> like, so I wasn't even mad about the Islanders game because like, no, there's no, no scenario a team's going to come out and look good after playing that game the, the night, but that game the night before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Islanders are just going to have their... They're going to have their way with the Bruins this year. I, I don't... They're just so fucking irritating. Mm-hmm. And J.G. Peugeot. Ugh. I mean, I started writing things in my, my, my notebook about Bruins killers, you know? Like you have Miles Wood, who likes to kill the Bruins. Uh, you have J.G. Peugeot, who's doing it. Uh, you know, Farabee's another one. I mean, it's just, I, I think it's interesting. Oh, Paul Mary. Paul Mary. He had a shorthanded goal. He got his first two goals in the season against the Bruins in that game. And it was like, that was in a game that Miles Wood was like really factoring into it. But Paul Mary was like all over the place. I'm like, fuck you. We should have had him. <laughs> we, should, we should have gotten him. Then he wouldn't be doing this to us. Come on. He's Wags' best friend. Just get him. So, and then he wouldn't score against you. Not a shorthanded goal anyway. Well, I mean, it could hypothetically, but just don't play them shorthand. Just don't play them on the penalty. Uh, anyway. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I'm starting to write down that kind of stuff because it's kind of fun to see who it is that uh, is uh, is working against us. But man, yeah, the, the Bruins had a stretch of ugly games because they did. Um, I'm hoping that this last game yesterday woke them up a little bit and we'll have a little more fun. This weekend, although I'm not really happy and excited about this because the next two teams that they're going to face are teams that they've had trouble with. So I'm not going to like try to be rosy about the Islanders because they played them twice and they've just given them fits and it's less to get. But the Rags, I think Bruins just played a couple bad games there and they still won both of them. Yeah. Rags haven't been putting it together, right? Like they have even less center action, center depth than normal because um, uh, it appears Sabanashad and Strom have turned back into pumpkins. Although I gotta Which, say that that game that that what was it a Wednesday night game against uh, the the Bruins when uh, Marshy and Sabanashad were just like doing the whole like uh, psyching each other out, not wanting to get off the ice, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and they finally did rock paper scissors. <laughs> and Zabanajad won. And he goes. He's like, okay, get off now. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's like, yeah, get off. 
That was funny. I, I mean, like, I mean, if you ever was a I don't know if I'd want to like go into it, go into blind into a rock paper scissors with Brad. Not because Brad's dishonorable, but because Brad, at least younger, is definitely the guy that would say, "Okay, let's Rochambeau for it." You think you're going rock paper scissors, but on that count of three, he's kicking you in the nuts. Right. Well, they were on <laughs> opposite ends. Oh, oh, I see. Because okay. at, yeah. at Madison Square Garden, the the visitors don't enter through their their bench; they enter to the Zamboni door. So they were. Far enough away, close enough that they could see each other, I guess, but far enough away that there's no Rochambeauing for it. So, um, interestingly enough, there is a, a, a monument at King's Park in, in Newport uh, of Rochambeau. And every time I see it, I think, I'll Rochambeau you for it. <laughs> I'll kick first. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um. Yeah, so that was funny. That was really, really entertaining. I just I enjoyed the the gamesmanship between the two of them. I like I like Zabanajad a lot, so that made me that made me happy. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, the the rags are going through some stuff internally, and uh, gotten all these lottery balls, but they keep getting fucking wingers. <laughs> <laughs> and then this news today with yeah Panarin. I mean, it's his, it's his coach, uh, that is like, uh, it, former I, Bruin, uh, Andre Nazarov. Yeah. Uh, I've just, I don't know. I mean, I want to believe it's a hit job. It's a Russian hit job because of his I mean, it's definitely a hit job, but it doesn't necessarily mean it didn't also happen. True. The fact that it's yeah. coming out now out of Russia means it's a hit, hit, hit job either way. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I don't want to believe it's true. Okay. But I also hate the way that they're, they're writing it. An 18 year old girl. I even saw Emily Kaplan describe it that way. I guess maybe that's the official wording on it, but it's like, um, excuse me, an 18 year old is a woman. And can we please stop like making the person who is the alleged victim in this scene, even more victimy, I guess. Well, oh, and that's the thing. Like, it, it paints this, paints it implies this image that he was like taking predatory and someone quite a bit younger than him. He, he was turned 19. twenty in October of twenty eleven. Yeah, yeah. I mean, still, if it did indeed happen, not a good thing. Not Terrible thing. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I mean, but we also don't know what the the circumstances are of it too. I I hate to say it this way. Okay. If a woman throws a punch at a man, she's fair game. She's fair game. And we don't know. We don't know what happened. Was this just some girl that he just, like, he wanted to have his way with her or something and she didn't do, uh, didn't go with it. So then he he punched her or, what, or something. Or is this just some other random thing that happened? I don't know. I'm just saying I don't want to believe it, but I also know that there have been plenty of instances of domestic violence among athletes of all kinds, hockey players included. So who knows? Yeah, it's one of those things where I don't want to believe, but I also know that Russia doesn't give a fuck about it. They it's Russia of all like, I mean, they don't they don't care if it happened or not. So the fact that that's coming out definitely some type of hit piece i think he took time off to maybe try to get his family out safely um because i think his family's still there so i mean it would make sense if they're doing that and stuff like that 
that he would try to get his family out as quickly and safely as possible because he spoke out against Putin. Putin. I, I, I just want to comment quickly on how like strongly standing with Panarin the Rangers are versus, you know, the abrupt defenestration of Tony D'Angelo. Now, A... This is almost this is this is not it's a little surprising in some ways, but really what it speaks to is just how incredibly fucking done <laughs> with D'Angelo the rags were. Oh yeah. 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 Because honestly, given the current climate on matters for for stuff like this, you would think that even if they were behind Panarin, they'd almost have to put him on a on on um uh, suspension, you know. But I think the Russia thing plays a factor with them standing behind him so so much too though. I feel like that since it's coming out of Russia that it's that he's been so vocal against Putin that that's one of the reasons why they're so adamantly behind Panarin because they want to show that they're also fuck Russia basically. Russia as long as it is under Putin's thumb is not a good place to live. Uh, it is not a good place um, to to be if you want to have actual true freedom. And unless you are one of the um, the autocrats, you're living on borrowed time, really. So I just feel like um, I, I applaud him for having a stance against Putin, especially with the Navalny poisoning and stuff, because we all know it was Russia. We all know it was Russia. Nobody else deals in Novichok. No. Nobody else does. And they've done it twice in the last couple of years. So, Jesus. And they're not even very careful about it. You know? No. Like, it's obvious that it's Russia. So, it's like, I have some very strong feelings about Russia. And they are all basically uh, based on uh, this, you know, post breakup of the Soviet Union and the rise of power of, of Putin. There's no more honor among them at all. So I, I wish that Russia would wake up. I wish they would be able to to get rid of Putin and his cronies and everything, but they're too afraid of him, honestly. Either A, they're too afraid or B, they don't care enough to Get rid of them. There are a lot of things that are going on, more than I can really talk about here. So, um, it, it is like ev- like just about every worldly problem. It is a lot more complicated than I'm presenting it, but still, ah, uh, I just I hope for a better future for them. That's all. I feel bad for Temi Panarin having to deal with this bullshit, but also if he did just haul off and punch some woman back in 2011. If they have the ability to prove that, then he should accept some punishment for that. So um, that's all. That's all I can say about that. But, you know, that, you know, Tony D'Angelo just he got everything that he deserved and he does not actually deserve to be with another NHL club. So uh, you you can be very, very talented, uh, but you also have to realize that there are consequences for your actions. So. Yeah, a lot of people don't take this into consideration. Oh, the league's not buying it at all, too. I hadn't seen the league statement. <laughs> oh, really? We are completely supportive of our Temi Panarin and the Rangers, and we'll continue to monitor the situation. Oh, uh-huh. 
Yeah. I mean, it's not, this is not a Slava Voinov moment, right? No. <laughs> um, so it's like, you know, I know, I feel like I'm like, I'm, I'm skating on this line, this very thin line about this, but it's just like, we know what Slava Voinov did, right? Yeah. We know about the Austin Watson domestic violence stuff. We, we know about some of these things, right? These are all very different situations. You know, you can't treat them all the same, but also, we know that Panarin is uh, subject to other international stuff. So I, I think that people who abuse people tend to abuse people more in the future. And I've never heard of anything like that with him. That's all. That's the other thing. If you do it once, you generally do it again. And in the last 10 years, you haven't heard anything else. I hope that uh, this gets resolved quickly for him. I hope that he didn't really do anything. That's all. Anyway, I think we should talk about the games that are coming up soon. Okay, so uh, next game is Thursday, February 25th, 7 p.m. Eastern, against the Islanders at the Mausoleum. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> now i totally want to watch it i'm gonna get all gothed up and watch that one i'm gonna play some bella lugosi's dead in the background <laughs> just, just 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 one just just one game with the play-by-play being done by by, by um uh, vincent price one. <laughs> <laughs> so after the game at the mausoleum, the um, follow, followed <laughs> that up on Friday with another game, 7 p.m. Eastern time, this time at MSG against the Rags. <laughs> back to back, baby. Oh, my God. So which game are they going to suck more at? <laughs> well... <laughs> on the one hand, the Isles. On the other hand, second half back to back. Oh, they're going to lose them both, aren't they? Um, okay. I predict, I think they're going to lose Thursday. I think they're going to win Friday. And then I think they will again win on and the next game that you're going to tell us. Um, that, of course, is next Sunday. That is February 28th at uh, 12 noon Eastern at MSG. A, a true matinee, huh? A huge oh, manatee game. You must be so excited because it's not a night game. I, 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 a 1 p.m. start is, is, is perfectly perfectly okay with me, yeah. Yep, see, I told you, you must be very excited. I mean, we are so energetic tonight. Woo! <laughs> it's, a Monday, it's, a, it's a Monday recording. It's thrown us for a loop here. <laughs> I know, but it made no sense to record before the game. No, you're right. Agreed. Agreed, because like we had everything was either too either really long ago, or just like we didn't want to talk really talk about it like that in Jersey game. Otherwise, yeah. <laughs> also, like recording after would have been even worse. So, oh, yeah, once it became once it became an evening, and again Sunday school night. No, <laughs> that game ended at like eleven thirty for me. <laughs> It, it was late. It was, yeah, no, I was not going to do any recording last night. That was for sure. I knew that. I mean, we'll be able to see that game on Sunday before we record again. So 
that'll be great. It's kind of mm-hmm. nice to have it all wrapped up. But, you know, here's the thing about talking about Jersey games. If the Devils were good, if the Devils were a good team and we got beat by them, I'd want to talk about it. I don't have any time to sit here and talk about, I mean, I guess I have all the time in the world, but I don't want to sit here and talk about the Bruins losing to bad teams. I mean, we can talk about it like it's like, oh, wow, the Bruins really stunk, you know, admit Mm -hmm. it for what it is. Uh, because honestly, the Bruins losing to a team like New Jersey, their their best player is their goalie. That's yep. it. And so basically, we're losing to um, what's his name, Mackenzie Blackwood. We're losing to him. Well, exactly. It's, this this iteration of New Jersey hasn't had Nico Hirschier yet this year. It's it's just been Jack Jack Hughes and then guy 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 and other guy and Culpamary. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, thanks to you, now when I hear Jack Hughes's name, I know I don't Jack hear Jack I hear Jack Hughes. So I'm like Jack Hughes. <laughs> so his name comes up I'm like Jack Hughes. <laughs> I don't do my normal thing like where it's like Jack Hughes, member of the tribe. No, it's Jack Hughes. <laughs> So thank you. Thank you for having space in my head to say that. (laughs) The childhood memory you traded for that's okay. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it. It was seen back to the future in theaters. (laughs) Oh, Oh, I feel bad about that then. (laughs) I I remember that very well. Um, I was very excited to see that movie. Yeah, so so that that's my stance right now. I mean, I, I really don't feel like the Devils deserve my time to talk sure. about them winning uh, against the Bruins. The Bruins are 1-1-1 one, one, and one against them. That yeah, is pathetic. Against yeah, the Flyers, they are, uh, let's see, they are 3-0. I mean, three, it's a better record than they and... are against the Isles right now, but. Oh, well, yeah, I mean. Zero and two. <laughs> Buffalo, though. Buffalo is undefeated against Boston because they don't play until oh, next God. season or something. Oh, God. I know. It might not happen. It just might not happen. But look, think about the think about Boston. Boston has this record without having played Buffalo, which is a full on calamity right now. And there's talk and they're ta- and, and people are chattering about Jack, about, about Jack Eichel getting traded again. For. It, it's the exact same language around what led to frick, to the freaking Ryan O'Reilly trade. He's listless. He's grumpy. I'm like, I'm sure there's going to be some comment about him not lying and not loving hockey anymore any day now. We well, should trade for him. It's the only time that a Bruin and a Buffalo Sabre will be on this ice at the same time this year. <laughs> okay. Um, as long as Jack Eichel does not come out and say that to the press, does not say that in a Zoom call with the press, I am okay. If he just is like, he's feeling that himself, but he's not saying it to a member of the press. Ryan O'Reilly said that to a member of the press. I saw that with my own eyes on video. Well, well, that's just it. It's absolutely okay to feel that. It's bad to either say say it to the press, and it's not much better to go full controller disconnected like uh, like Dubois did. (laughs) Right, right. So it's like, so basically, you know, I get it. You know what? There are people 
who work at really shitty jobs who feel the exact same way that you do. And they don't have the luxury. They don't have the luxury to say, you know what? <laughs> I don't really have it in me to stock groceries anymore. That's not really I'm going to need you to trade. I'm going to, I'm like, uh, I'm sorry, manager at Stop and Shop. I'm going to have to ask you to trade me to, uh, trade me to, to um, uh, Market Basket, please. Um, by the way. I won't, I'm, no, I'm not going to wait for Shaw's though. So. <laughs> I, I do want to say that I said shitty jobs and I don't think that those are shitty jobs. I mean, I'm really hard I mean, pressed like, to sit I mean, and like, think yes, about Yes, I know. I just ran with it because I loved the premise that you set me up, that, that okay. you set up for me. Okay. <laughs> I, I just wanted to say that because I, I don't, I think that there's value in every work uh, experience that you have. There's, there's value in every work. And, and honestly, right now, people who are doing the, the hard stuff of grocery uh, store, you know, stocking management running and stuff like that, they're doing a really great thing and they deserve a lot more credit than they're getting. So, m but my point is, is like, you can work a job that is soul sucking for you, uh, whatever job that is. But you don't always have the uh, the luxury of saying, well, I can't do this. You need to train me somewhere else. You know, uh, I mean, I, I was in a situation once where I was being sexually harassed by a, a manager at a at a retail chain. And I quit. I quit because nobody was listening to me. And then I got a call from corporate. And corporate asked me about this and then they fired his ass. So what I'm saying is this, is like we all work those jobs that, you know, we want to quit and we don't always have that luxury. So for Ryan O'Reilly to do that, and now he's the fucking captain of the St. Louis Blues. Quite frankly, he takes up far too much space in my head. So I need to just let go of that. But it really ticks me off. So Jack Eichel, you are very talented. I hope that you make it work somehow. And if you do want to get a trade, just be quiet about it. You yeah. know? Just don't don't talk to the media about it because they're going to say the wrong things. But I think this is very interesting that we're talking about Jack Eichel instead of like this week's proposed trade of like David Pasternak for um, for Sidney Crosby. Oh, and I was just like, were, were, were those two separate? Were, those were the same conversation. Like I never saw it. I saw some, some, I saw people dunking on Felger for saying trade David Pasternak. And I saw someone dunking on, on something out of Bleacher Report about trading for Sidney Crosby. I didn't know these were related. Yeah. Th so Felger and Naz were responding to the Bleacher Report thing. And like I, Felger, well, one of the it wasn't Tony. Tony Maz was all for that trading him for Sidney Crosby because of co course he was because Tony Maserati is a fucking useless human being on Sports Talk Radio, and then Felger was like, I don't know if we should trade him, and then Felger was like, Yeah, no, we should, and then Pasta goes and has a fucking hat trick in their fucking domes, and I hope they saw it and I hope they feel bad. Um. We're not ever going to trade pasta unless the Bruins are at the end of the line and keeping him here is more of a detriment to his career than actually uh, getting the Bruins anywhere closer to a cup. I am I right here? I think that's correct. Well, see, that's just it. He will finish. He will guaranteed, I think, play all but at that most the last couple months of his current contract in Boston. And I only say that because he goes UFA at a very – frightening moment in the Bruins coming story arc because he goes UFE a year after Bergeron. Mm. 
But my point is he will play almost the entire rest of the contract in Boston at a bare minimum is almost certain. Right. <laughs> so I, I look at it this way. Uh, you know, I said this last night to, to Glenn. I feel bad for Connor McDavid being with the Oilers and the Oilers are never, ever going to be in the cup picture in the foreseeable future. They're just not the two, t- the two people that are driving that team are McDavid and Dreitzeidel. And well, there's nothing else. Yeah. There, there's nothing else. So it's like, it's really unfair. I think it's unfair to both of them to be on that team. And I, I you know, so I, I, I will say that I do, I feel, I feel for Jack Eichel. I feel for Connor well, McDavid. It's, that's it. It's a lottery ball that's done this to him. Right. You know, I mean, Buffalo, t- Buffalo tanked with clearly their entire rebuild strategy centered around getting Aaron Eckblad and Connor McDavid. Instead, they got Sam Reinhart and, and, and Jack Eichel and they never recovered despite that not being th- OK. It's a big but not like that big redu- downgrade in either spot. OK, well, no, I'm not, Eckblad's not that good either. I mean, like the top of that draft was weird. Um, <laughs> he he was a lot more promising in the first couple of years, and then he's just kind of fallen flat, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, of course, this all happened. They they had to settle for Reinhardt at a time when you know Drysaddle and Pasternak and Braden Point were all to varying degrees on the board, either a little on the board in the case of Drysaddle to extremely on the board in Point. Um, no one forced them to, to pick Reinhardt there. <laughs> you know, as I was saying last night, I feel so bad for him. He is a generational talent. You know, there is nobody. He's, he 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 is the most talented player I think any of us will ever see. I think he's more talented than Gretzky in terms of raw talent, possibly more than Sid. Although I think Sid has the game put together slightly better. Um. <laughs> the things that he, he just did this week alone. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, impossible things. Right. So it's like you see a guy like that and you just go, it is such a shame that he is on that shitty team. And so for me, I really want to see McDavid traded to somewhere better. You know what I mean? Even if McDavid ended up on like the lightning, which I would hate. I would rather see that than have him waste away it's just on such the Oilers. A, a waste. Right. So I just I just want to say that I'm not heartless. I get it. Players, there are some players who, even if they're being paid very well, I mean, he's going to waste away in that place. He's going to spend his best years there and it's going to suck. Um, so get him out. <laughs> I, I know that's never going to happen. I mean, he would have to demand his way out. But seriously, it's like that, that's just wrong. Uh, but Ryan O'Reilly s- s- toiling away somewhere where it sucks because he sucks, you know, um, that's fine with me. <laughs> okay, I really need to get him out of my head. So, all right, guys, Whew. I just, I needed to get that off my chest. Um, but also, uh, screw Fulger and Maz for wanting to trade pasta. God damn it. Yeah. yeah. What does those men's damage? Like, seriously. Pasta, I don't understand why the NHL is not focusing on him more. He is adorable. He is funny. He is super talented. You know, he's, he's a train wreck too. Like he's all the he checks all the marks for what they want to market hockey players as. 
<laughs> doesn't have a bad bone in his body. He wouldn't hurt a fly. Not intentionally, anyway. He He's like all these great things. He had an all-time moment last night with, with the media uh, with his <laughs> Macho Man Randy Savage glasses on and talking about how he's missing Barbie Girl. <laughs> Meanwhile, watching uh, NHL on TV, I have to like during a game watch for like seven times see Brent Burns fail to successfully eat a Kit Kat. <laughs> I don't want to see that. <laughs> it's it's a Kit Kat. Chunky, and um, apparently they made them thicker so it no longer fits in the place where his teeth aren't. Oh, God, and so the whole thing's him trying to find a solution um, until he figures out to just open his mouth. Oh, that seems like something Brent Burns would do. I feel for you. I'm so glad I don't have to see that. It's like one of like two commercials that it shows, and then it just goes to silence. Honestly, the silence is unpleasant. Please just show me whatever shitty commercials are showing on Nessun. I don't see why not. <laughs> well, I mean, you can't miss that Rodenheiser commercial. <laughs> <laughs> well, plus it doesn't come back, so you miss a lot of the inter- of the uh, of the um, intermission chatter and stuff mm. because it, it like come it like cuts back in at weird times. Yeah. Mm. Well, I'm sorry that you have to watch Brett Burns and doing bad things to Kit Kats. <laughs> Nobody should have to be forced to do that. I'm not sure he's so much a personality as just like a guy with a beard. Yeah, I think he's more of a cartoon character. Yeah. I think he was he, he was made to work by being joined at the hip to uh, also to, to, to fellow sentient beard Joe Thornton, who is actually like a really engaging dude. <laughs> right. Right. Okay, I think we should wrap it up. I I actually did have one thing I wanted to oh, say. Okay. Um, since it's my um, uh, it's my first time being on since the glorious day on February seventh. It's um, I just wanted to say shout out to Adam Ramage who listens to us. Um, because a couple days after the Super Bowl. Uh, he got to me on Twitter and said it was his first time since first time on Twitter um, after the game, and then he had to go back and read the tweets uh, to see the excitement, saying he was happy for me. Um, and he said hopefully the bees can make it double this year. So like I thought that was pretty cool that he reached out, and I wanted to shout out to him um, because yes, that day was a glorious day for me, and it was nice of him to kind of reach out and say that. Well, that was excellent. I'm glad that that happened. I mean, that he reached out to you. I'm not really glad about the Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, it was it was a glorious time. I, I my my I still haven't gotten all the gear that I ordered yet. Like I've gotten most of it. There's only one thing left, and it actually shipped today, so I should get it soon. But uh, yeah, I in a time where the world sucked and everything like that. A, Finally, they weren't the one team in Tampa that doesn't win. <laughs> well, congratulations on that. And now they have like a bunch of key free agents. And we'll see what happens. All right. That's what I wanted to say. I wanted to say thanks to Adam for reaching out. And I thought it was cool and nice. And yeah. Excellent. 
Okay. Well, you've been listening to Barely on Topic, allegedly a hockey podcast, but by based on my notes, <laughs> we made fun of Maine. We talked about Moxie. <laughs> we talked Razors, about Rhode Island. Rhode Island football. Winter in camera or off camera? I can't even remember now. Anyway, we talked some hockey in there too, apparently. Anyway, if you'd like to hear us talk some more hockey occasionally, you can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, wherever your favorite podcasts are found. You can talk to us. We're at Barely on Topic at Twitter. And on Facebook, we're at Barely on Topic Podcast. And then, of course, there's always our individual Twitter accounts. I am at Dr. Hand Grenade. I am at Tim A. Richardson. And I am at I'm Afraid to Drive Over Bridges.com. Also known as at VA from RI. I just want to Word. point out. Ow! <laughs> I just want to point out there is a reason why we're called Barely on Topic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Word. <laughs>